Since the NFL's first international series in 2007, the league's popularity has expanded across Europe and Britain. But a lot of the league's younger supporters may be unaware of how these games came to be a regular addition to the NFL's regular season calendar. For 16 years, one of the most renowned sports organisations in the world travelled across the Atlantic, where it pitched up the World League of American Football in 1991. It included European sides and North American teams from both Canada and the US. In 1995, after a two-year hiatus, the league returned with six all-European sides, and in 1998, they rebranded as NFL Europe. The league gained a loyal fan base of its own, but was said to be running at a $30 million a year loss for the NFL, and ceased operations in 2007. One of the founding members of the all-European teams were the Scottish Claymores. The Scottish Claymores rotated between Glasgow's Hampden Park and Edinburgh's Murrayfield Stadium, which hosted their 1996 World Bowl victory over the Frankfurt Galaxy. In 1999, off the back of a league-worst 2-8 season, the Claymores acquired former Auburn Tigers and Carolina Panthers quarterback Damian Craig. Craig had excelled at Auburn University in his two years as a starter, and in 1997, Damian threw for 3,277 yards, a single-season record which stands at Auburn to this day. That same season, he led the Tigers to a 9-2 regular season record, winning the SEC West before suffering a heartbreaking 30-29 defeat in the SEC Championship to Peyton Manning's Tennessee Volunteers. Damian would end his college career on a high, defeating Clemson 21-17 in the 1998 Peach Bowl and picking up the game's MVP. That year, Damian signed for the Carolina Panthers as an undrafted free agent, but in 1999, he was offered the chance to bolster his skills by playing more regular football. He traded in the Carolina Sunshine for three months in Glasgow where he started the 1999 season for the Scottish Claymores in NFL Europe. I recently FaceTimed with Damien, from my home in Angus to his in Texas, to discuss his time in Scotland and his experiences of NFL Europe. Damien Craig, just wonderful. Straight ahead with Craig, quarterback sneak, touchdown Auburn. This is a great throw by Damien Craig. Every defensive coordinator in the Southeastern Conference will tell you, when Damian Craig's on the run, he becomes dangerous. And the party is on for Damian Craig. Thanks for talking to me. I looked up on YouTube and I was watching uh, the, was it 1997, was it, against Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton Manning, man. Yeah, I wanted to know um, just your opinion. That season... Did he deserve the Heisman or did Charles Woodson deserve the Heisman? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know who should have won it that year? Yeah. Rand- I, I think I think Randy Moss should have won. Or Randy Moss, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the GOAT. Yeah, I thought Randy Moss, I thought Randy Moss was going to win it that year. Yeah. The debate's always like Peyton and, and Charles Woodson, but... Yeah, but it, it was Randy. People forget about Randy. He had um, Peyton lost it when he lost to Florida. So that that game that game hurt him. But that season, like game seven, I think we played Florida our seventh game. Yeah. And I I was leading going into that game. I was having trophy. Um, he lost to Florida like two weeks prior, and then uh, I was the leading uh, having trophy candidate at the time. Then we lost to Florida. Yeah. So Florida kind of ruined everything. Yeah, yeah, man. That was, that was <laughs> messed up. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people really know about the Claymores here. Um, the NFL is obviously getting a lot bigger. 
uh, in Europe and in Britain. But yeah, I don't still don't think people really know about um, the fact that there was a team here at one point. Um, so when you were here playing in Scotland, uh, you were here for one season, yeah, in '99. '99, yeah. Yeah. Um, where did you live when you were here? I, I, oh man, hey, we stayed in. Where, where, it was Glasgow, Edinburgh, one of them. Yeah, because... We played, the, I think we stayed in Glasgow. Oh, ah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed like, a hotel downtown. And uh, it had like a, uh, a basement. And that's where we had our meetings. And we have our like... Uh, we would have our position meeting in the basement. And they had the weight room set up. And so... Um, I would spend a lot of time at my own watching film. Yeah. And I would come up with plays myself. And actually, a game I threw for 611 yards, I came up with a um, a, a, a way to... Pre- it, it, I found a way to protect us from all the blitzes that prank. They can only prank four to five. Yeah. And so I, once I realized that, I would always send, send it back to the A-gap. Okay. So the A-gap is... Where you shade defensively, and um, they only bring fortune out of the A gap. So we'd always pick the blitz up, and I was able to throw for all those yards because they couldn't put pressure. Okay, so, pretty- you, so you did a lot of plays yourself. So do you think your time in Scotland then, do you think that kind of helped you with the coaching career you've now built because you spent a lot of time kind of designing your own plays? Or? Yeah, I, th- I think it did. You know, I had I had a lot more freedom over that thing. Uh, Coach Carana and Alicotti, man, they, they were really open with, with what we were trying to do. And once they realized, you know, I studied a lot of film, put a lot of time in it, they trusted me. And, you know, I was steady, steady defense and what we could do. I think I, I added a couple of plays. I think we threw a, we played Amsterdam one game. And we were like, where we fake one way and go the opposite way. And I, and I saw a game where they wasn't covering the back, the back out the backfield. Yeah. So I was like, hey, man, we just need to send him up sideline. And uh, his, name was, his last name was Haynes, I think. Jesse Haynes. So I said, uh, I did the fake roll to the right, pulled up, threw it back to Jesse, to the left side, down the side, like a 70-yard touchdown. Yeah, so it was, it was stuff like that, man. I, I would see it, and it was like, Coach, Coach, can we do this? And he was like, yeah, yeah, show it on film. And uh, it, it was, I had a good time up there. Yeah. I had a great when you said you kind of drawn up your own plays and that, that's obviously helped because um, you've worked under I mean, probably some of the best coaches college football seen in the last, you know, maybe century. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Like, I mean, you you obviously, you're with Jimbo Fisher just now, yeah. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher, uh, Nick Saban, uh, Gus Malthorn. Uh So, I, yeah, you're right, man. I've been, I've been around great coaches. Yeah. And you went to LSU under Coach Miles. Was there a crossover period when you were working with Coach O at any point, or? Uh, yeah, well, he was the um, he was the interim head coach for a year. Yeah, like after Miles stepped down, he took over uh, for that season. Yeah, so that's I mean that's what three national championship coaches. Yeah, you're right about that. I didn't think about it like that. So there might uh, be a, a head coaching opportunity for you at some point soon. You think, yeah. Yeah, man. But I want, I want to come back to Europe and coach, man. Yeah. They start football back up, let me know. I come over. <laughs> you come stay in Scotland again. Um, yeah, that'd be 
that was that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Is uh, NFL Europe clearly served a purpose? You know, it was quite it was like a pit stop for for some people to gain experience. I mean, you see some of the the names that obviously played there. There were Super Bowl champions like Vinatieri, um, Kurt Warner was there, James Harrison, uh, the fridge. Um, do you believe that NFL Europe was a success, and do you think it was maybe worth attempting again? Or yeah, I think I. I, I, I... Definitely, if you were that success, you forget about Kurt Warner, too. Kurt Warner, you forget about Brad Johnson, two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Of course, yeah. Yeah, man, it, it, was, it was huge. And to be honest with you, I think without without NFL Europe, it wouldn't be a lot of those guys. Uh, their careers could not have taken off because they were able to go over there and get experience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it shut down, I was, I was very disappointed. But also, I knew that my records couldn't be broken, so uh, <laughs> I was kind of proud of that. But I, I hated to see the league shut down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's sustained longer than any other league. Uh, you know, you have the USFL, all these other things, but you got Canadian football. Yeah. But, you know, it, it sustained for a while, and it was good. It was good because, you know, guys that were on the edge, like myself, you know, you had to go over there and play. You know, get get experience. It's nothing like playing experience. Yeah. And I thought it was it was you know, I played in the SEC which is the closest thing to the NFL. And I think NFL Europe was along those lines also. It was very very competitive. You had a lot of good players over there. And um you had great coaches over there also. Guys that transitioned, you know, from college to pros or or were in between trying to figure it out. Uh, got some experience over there and their careers took off also. So did the coaches also kind of uh, just leave NFL teams to, to pick up experience in Europe or were they all? Uh, you know what? It was kind of like, it was kind of crazy because, okay, so Tom Sula was actually coaching at a uh, small, I think it may have been Division Two school in North Carolina, Catawba. And he would come over there in the spring to get experience. Yeah. And, you know, after he left there, he was the head coach for the San Francisco 49ers for a while. Yeah. And you had um, Coach Crowder, who had coached with Dick Vermeil at some point in his career. And uh, after after he left, I think he was working with the Kansas City Chiefs in the scouting department. I think he coached in the NFL, but he was also a head coach in Wyoming. So you had a lot of college coaches, I think. That at the time that was in it, you had uh, Coach McNeil, who had coached uh, Doug Flutie uh, at Boston College. You know, he was the head coach at at um, Barcelona when I was there. So you had a lot of really, really good coaches also in that league. Yeah. And I easy the transition, though. At some point, there was a major colleges, or they had dabbled along in the pros, but, you know, and then you had some young coaches that was coming along. So you had, you had a mixture of both. As far as the coaches there, and and do you think the like the standard of the league? How was the standard of the league compared to, obviously, like you said, um, you you played more in the SEC than you did in the NFL. But I mean, the SECs, I mean, some would argue that it's the atmosphere is kind of it's more intimidating than yeah. the NFL in some I, cases. I tell you what, man, this is no lie to this day, and I tell people this, they may not believe it. The loudest game that I ever played in was the 611-yard game. And I'll tell you why. It may have been 38,000 there at that game, between 38 and 42. Yeah. But the in Europe is that they can bring whistles. Yeah. Yeah, man. They, and you got whistles going on. 
it was so loud at the end of the game they were trying to tell me to play and I could not hear the play in the microphone. Yeah. And the mic in my ear. So we had to call a timeout. So it got pretty loud, man. Uh, you know, over over in, in Germany, you know, where you had the bigger crowds and um it could get pretty loud. Yeah. You know, pretty loud, but it got it got really, really loud. And I think that was the loudest game I've ever been in because I could not hear. I could not hear the play in my microphone. We had to so I, I didn't know it was just the atmosphere was quite as crazy as that because yeah you, you go back and watch those games like the big games the championship games I mean you hear you know you, you, you in soccer you guys have whistles over there yeah and they, they allowed that and like here you can't have a whistle no like you cannot take a whistle in the stadium and the only people allowed to have whistles are the um, referees so when we got there they would tell us now you may hear a whistle you better play through the whistle yeah but they're like and, and it became second nature, though. You know, you really don't think about it. You know, you, it, was, it was a different type of whistle because I think it was a long whistle. Like, stop play a short whistle, but over there, just blow it for a while. So it was a different kind. So, and, and when you were um, playing over there, obviously the season's not as long as, like, an NFL season. I believe you played, did you play 10 games a season, I think? Um, 10 games. Yeah. Um, so wh- when would you, like, typically arrive in Scotland? How long would you have actually been based in Scotland? Um, it was the spring, man. So I think we went to Orlando for maybe two weeks. And then we went to, uh, you know, you had to make the team. Still had to cut. And then once when we, once we were done, we flew all, flew over to Europe. And uh, whenever it started, I know it was in April, sometimes in April, I think. But it was the spring league. And, uh, you know, it was over there for 10 weeks. And if you made the, um, if you made the uh, World Bowl, you played that extra game. And the guys that didn't make the World Bowl, man, it was on the first plane going back. Yeah. And the thing that people didn't realize that if you if you were injured, if you had a, a, a bad injury that would keep you out of the game, they would send you back to Alabama and Birmingham, a place called Hell South, where you would have to rehab. Yeah, man. So you, if you had an injury where you had to miss a game, you know, a week or two, you had to go all the way back to the States oh. to, to rehab. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and did that happen, or? Uh, it happened quite a bit, but you know, uh, you know, guys, guys didn't want to go back back to uh, make that long flight, so they would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, I try to play hurt if you could. Instead, yeah. Instead of going back. No, that's understandable, but uh, yeah, and and so you'd mentioned obviously your um your record breaking game was in Frankfurt, I believe. Um, you just mentioned Barcelona there. So when you travelled to these places, obviously you're crossing into the other countries. How long would you typically stay in each location when you were there, or did you get much like leisure time? Or uh, we would we would stay we would stay the weekend. So we would fly over. The flights were awful, man. It, it would be raining, sleet, snow. It didn't matter. That plane was taking off. Yeah. And I like we were going to Germany, and it was snowing. Fleeting, windy, and I looked at Yo Murphy and I was like, "Hey man, what what are we doing?" He's like, "We flying," and I was like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> he was like, "If they didn't fly every time they had bad weather, they would never fly." That's what he told me. I never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> and part of my life, that plane was everywhere. It was rocking. It was shaking. Turbulence was bad. Uh, I remember one game. I mean, one practice. We were in Scotland, and it. It rained. This is no lie. It rained, 
it sleeted, it snowed, and it was windy within three minutes. Like, it just came right to boom. And I was like, man, what is that? That's a true story. And you live there, so you probably know. But we would leave on a Friday, and we would come back on a Sunday, so you had a chance to stay. You know, they didn't rush it. Because sometimes you had to go to, you know, you had to go to Germany, you had to go to Barcelona, you know, Amsterdam. Uh, you know, we had Berlin, we had Frankfurt, uh, we had um, Barcelona, we had Amsterdam, we had travel too. Yeah. So you you obviously touched on the amazing Scottish weather. Uh, so how did you kind of adapt to, you, obviously you've grown up SEC country, typically in the uh, south, where it's... It was crazy because when we left, you know, it's springtime, so it's warm. It's warm in the States in the spring. Um, but we got out of it, it was cold. Yeah. And so they told me that well, you got to wear warm clothes. I mean, take your jackets, what have you, because when you get there, it's going to be cold. So i never forget, man, when we arrived and we got, off the, we got off the bus and I have asthma. And we got, we got off the bus downtown and it smelled like cigarette smoke. <laughs> Sounds right. Like in the, so like, I was like, my, my, my uh, asthma started bothering me because the smoke, you know, you know, it caused me to have allergies or what have you. I had to get used to it. But uh, I was like, man, everyone in Scotland smoked, smoked cigarettes. So that, that, that was different. But the well, it was cold. I never forget it was cold. Uh, so, but the games were never really that cold. It was more, I, I remember being cold during the week and you had to wear jackets or what have you. But we never really had, uh, games that were, were cold. Um, the other thing, the food, man, the food was food was different. Yeah, uh, it, it's actually healthier for you in 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 the, in, in Scotland. Um, not a lot of the um, you know chemicals or what have you. Uh, a lot of grass fed uh, with the animals. Even even the ingredients in in the candy bars are different. So uh, we have a lot of sugar. And it's rich rich in the states. And so when I got back, man, I came back and I ate some food in the States, man. I had a my stomach was all messed up. Man. <laughs> like I got used to eating food in, in Scotland. Yeah. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad. But like I said, it was actually, you know, actually a lot healthier with the things you were putting in it. So when you, um, you'd obviously first learned about, you know, NFL Europe and the opportunity to come over and play how did it work out? Like, how did it kind of materialize with, did you say to them, I want to go to Scotland or was like Amsterdam yeah, my, on the cards or? I, uh, my, my first year, I, you know, I was a, I was an undrafted free agent. So I was on a uh, practice squad. Last four games, they moved me up. And after the season, they had a coaching change. They brought in coach Seifert and they brought in a coordinator from Green Bay. So I went, I went back to school to, to finish my my degree, I needed three classes. So I was in, I was in, I was in class. I was going to class, and uh, and one day I was just sitting in there and I was like, why why am I, why am I in school? I, had, I needed three classes, but I'm like, you know, you go to school to graduate to make money. And I'm like, I have an opportunity to make money. I need to put my focus back in football. So it was so funny because I said that, you know, and I left that day. When class was over, I came back to work out. We had our workout. And that exact same day, the new offense coordinator came up to me. He asked me, how would you like to go to uh, play in NFL Europe? And I looked at him. I was like, I would love it. 
I didn't even hesitate because it was already in my mind, like, you know, I need to be getting better. I need to be doing something different. And so um, he was like, okay. He said, we think you can, you know, use experience, you know, learn to play on the center, you know, because at, at the time, you know, everybody's in the shotgun now. But 1997, everybody was under center. So we were we were one of the only teams in college. I was primarily in the shotgun, like, 90% of the time. Yeah. And the NFL and that offense under, was under center 100% of the time. We were never in the shotgun. But they wanted me to get used to playing back under center, taking snaps, uh, getting away from the center, taking drops, play what have you. So one of the um, stipulations when I went to Europe was that I'd never get in the shotgun. So I spent, if you watch that, I don't even know. I don't even know. I may have been in the shotgun a few times. But like 90, 95% of the time I was under center. And is that something that, so do you think that NFL Europe was kind of used then as like a, obviously an experiment to kind of work out these things? Yeah, but you know, it's kind of crazy now because like I said, and at the time I never saw it as a problem because I was like, you know, I was a shorter guy. I could see the field better, get away from the line of scrimmage. And at the time in 1997, 98, the game wasn't played that way. No. And you look at the that's the way it's played. Yeah. You know, they got all the quarterbacks, they away from the center, they spread the field, they put people in space. And we were seen as, uh, you know, this is not football, like it need to be played. And uh they wanted me to go back to Europe. Wanted me to go to Europe to actually learn how to play the NFL game at yeah. the center. Which is kinda if you think about it, everybody look at it like, Oh, that don't make sense. But that's the way it was back then. You know, so uh, if I came out of this day and age, I'd probably be a first, second round pick. Yeah. Based on the way I played my game back then. Yeah, it's just it was not at the right time, I guess. Not, not at the right time. Like I said, um, you'd been offered to go to NFL Europe, but was it um, was it a case of they kind of they just sent you to Scotland, or did they ask you where? You... Uh, you didn't know you didn't know which team would would pick you, so it's it's kind of like. I think it's like a draft. Oh, okay. Once they, once they put once they put the guy's name in, the coaches pick. They kind of pick who they want. Yeah. And I think like I don't know how it ended up, but you know they pick players that they want because they they, they pick the allocated players first, and then the non allocated players go. But it was it was so many quarterbacks that went in that were allocated, and uh, Coach Croner said he wanted me. And if you remember, well, you won't remember, but that year, it was a guy by the name of Pat Barnes and Jake DeLone both played at Frankfurt. And Jake DeLone uh, ended up uh, starting for the Carolina Panthers for a few years yeah, I think know, after I left. He made a Super Bowl, did he? He made a Super Bowl. Yeah. We, we, were, we were in uh, Europe together. Like, he played for Frankfurt and I played for Scotland. And uh, obviously, when you played against Frankfurt, your shirt from that game, I believe, is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, jersey. They have the jersey, the helmet, and the cleats there. When you you broke that record during the game, was it kind of going through your head, knowing what you were doing, or were were you just nah, getting the game done? Cool, man. Craig with a lot of time. Throws for Sellers. Who oh. makes the catch? And is into the end zone for a touchdown. A penalty marker is down. 
<laughs> this is Damian Craig and Donald Sellers night. Damian Craig, his fifth touchdown pass, now with more than 600 yards through the air. You saw Damian wagging that finger there. He's too tired to jump up and down. Uh, I was um, I was playing in a game and I knew that you know I had a big first half and um, I had no clue. Uh, how big a first half I had because I had games before where I, I, I would, you know, I would get hot, I get in the zone, mm. but like when, when normally when that happened, when I played that well, I wouldn't play. I would only play two or three quarters because yeah. you would be up so much. But I just happened to get in that zone this game, and it happened to be a close game, so I had to stay in the game. And so after the game was over, Jake Long came up to me and he's like, "Bro, he's like, congratulations." I was like, yeah, thank you. He was like, you just threw for 600 yards. I was like, stop playing. <laughs> he was like, oh, you threw for 600 yards. I was like, no. So then I was like, I don't believe you. He said, yes, you did. So I, he knew before I did. Yeah. So I go to my relation guy and I said, man, did I throw for 600 yards? He's like, yeah, you just threw for 600 yards, 611, matter of fact. So then we had to go start. We did all this, this media stuff. And I, that's unbelievable. But also it was a, it was a blessing and it was a curse because, like, I'm the type of person that, you know, when I was playing, I never I never looked at myself as having a good game. So, uh, 611 yards, I mean, 27 for 37, 611 yards, five touchdowns, or interceptions. We win the game 42-35. And in my mind, I was like, man, I have to do more. Because I didn't look at it as winning the game. I was like, man, we almost lost that game. Yeah, uh, it's a close game, yeah. I started pressing more the last four games because of that, because I thought I had to do more. When that's when that's reality, I just had should have just been doing what I what I was doing. That's good though. It's obviously a good thing to to then pass on to um you know, the players that you're coaching nowadays and that as well. Um Yeah, you're right. And then on topic of that I'd also noticed that um was in twenty twelve it said that you'd won a recruiter of the year award in the ACC. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh I did, man. Yes, that's yeah. I was the ACC recruiter of the year in two thousand twelve. Yeah, and that was for I'd imagine a big part of that was the fact that you'd recruited James Winston to Florida State. Yep, yep. That that was part of it. Uh, signed James that year, uh, and, and then they started kind of putting a ranking on it. After that, they started giving you points. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen, they started giving you points. Two four seven started that, but then they used to give out like. ACC, SEC, uh, recruit of the year. Then they, you know, they do about they do about conference. So, yeah, that was a pretty big deal. You were under Jimbo again at Florida State, and you're now with him yeah. at Texas A and M. So, would it be fair to say that your relationship with Jimbo has been probably your strongest in your coaching career? Or yeah, he was my he was my uh, quarterback coach at Auburn. So I, I got, we go we go way back. Yeah, and I, I guess though that would probably help. With him being a more offensive-minded coach, you know when you said he's worked under, um, well, he's worked under Coach Saban, he's worked under Coach O. They're obviously more yeah. defensive-minded guys. So do you feel like the bond's yeah. stronger because of okay. the? Okay. And you know when I went to Auburn, we played Florida State in the next championship. Yeah. That at first year, so yeah, it does help working on the offensive-minded guy. Yeah, that must uh, that must help quite a lot. 
It was just one more thing about when you were in Scotland again, and you've mentioned how you've been living in Glasgow. Um, you played some of your games in Glasgow and Edinburgh. Did you have like a preference? Do you remember much about both the? I love. I I I hope I'm not mixing that up, but I'm pretty sure we were in Glasgow and we had to play some games. I think they played two games in Edinburgh. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I, I Glasgow man, you know they they I used to eat at uh, TGI Fridays all the time. Where do you live? Oh no, I, I'm a bit north of uh, Glasgow. I'm I'm up near um, Dundee. Okay. You know, but um, but yet the. Where's the Where's the castle? Edinburgh. Edinburgh Castle, yeah. Okay, so we we, we visited. We yeah, we stayed in Glasgow, and we went and visited Edinburgh Castle. It was really like tiny, like people were like five foot back then. <laughs> we went through the castle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I loved it, and so uh, it was a few years after that they flew me back over. For the Super Bowl, and it was the, I think it was the year the Ravens and the Giants played, so they wanted me to come back, and they honored me for the uh, the game or what have you. But they had the best fans, man. It was I loved it. I had a great time, man. You know, driving on the opposite side of the street was kind of tough. <laughs> but, um, and then uh, I had an opportunity to play to play golf with Troy Aikman at the what's the what's the okay. famous golf course? Uh, St Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was doing the game. And, uh, you know, our sports information guy come to me and say, hey, Trevor would like to play golf with you. And I was like, I don't have time to play golf. I'm trying to get ready for a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And I didn't do it. I, I still think about that. I think that was a mistake. It should have been, should have took the uh, opportunity to go play. I couldn't play anyway, but it would have been fun just to hang out with Troy at the time. Yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> Biggest regrets of my whole life. <laughs> That's crazy. You generally enjoyed the, the time in Scotland, yeah. Yeah, I loved it, man. I, I wouldn't mind coming back to visit. They definitely they need to set up something like NFL Europe again. I think that'd be a, a great idea, and then it'd give yeah, us the opportunity to watch games as well without having to stay up. Yeah, later. Need, <laughs> yeah, y'all need to start your own league over there. You know, my buddy, uh, his name was Tuji, uh, and he um, he was from Japan, so we had two two. Um, Two guys from foreign countries outside the states, and our two guys were from Japan. And one was a quarterback, and one was a uh, running back. And I still keep in touch with Tucci. So when you see that uh, bandana I used to wear, I got it from him. The games, and uh, he's they they play American Americanized football in Japan. He he was a coach, and now he's a, a commentator. So uh, oh, cool. as a matter of fact, we just uh, talk uh, where well, we. Uh, Instagram uh, a few days ago. I just realised there that um, it's not three national championship coaches, it's four, because obviously Coach Miles, Coach Joe, Jimbo, and Saban, yeah, yeah. so it's All even there. <laughs> and, then, and then when I was at Tuskegee, my uh, my coach at Tuskegee won the Black College National Championship, uh, William Slate. Yeah, we won it while I was there. That's something I, I'd read about. Yeah, that's something that I don't, I'd never heard of before. Um the Black uh, College National Championship. I'd never heard of the, the trophy before. Yeah, man. But no, that's but that's pretty impressive. But yeah, th- thanks very much for taking time to speak to me. Uh, no I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you need anything, let me know, brother. Yeah, but right. thanks very much for taking time to speak to me. I appreciate it. Uh, what, what is that 278 behind you? What interstate is that? New York? Oh, yeah, you still, yeah it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a thing of mine. I keep a lot of signs and stuff. So, in fact, there's one here that you might like. Look, 
<laughs> yeah, I should have had that one right behind me, to be honest. That would have been better. Just suggest some hey, stuff hey. I keep up. <laughs> well, just let me know if you need anything. I appreciate you. Appreciate you calling. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much, honestly. Um, I never thought I'd get the opportunity to speak to somebody, obviously, with NFL experience and, you know, playing against legends like Peyton Manning, etc. under all these coaches and that. It's just surreal. Thank you very much. Well, t- tell your pops to say hello. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, man.